Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work. I hope wherever you're tuning in from, whether it be the UK, to Nigeria, to Nebraska, that you are safe and living your best life. We are currently live on all popular channels from Periscope to YouTube to LinkedIn to the amazing, amazing platform that is Facebook. Today, I am joined by the amazing Omid, who is an executive coach and transformer who was raised in Chicago. Most recently, he was a career management consultant with the Boston Consulting Group, BCG. Currently, he works with the People Development Group at Google, where he leads the Strategy Center of Excellence and has a faculty position at Google's School for Leaders. Omid is passionate about enabling leaders and teams to drive sustainable value, coaching individuals and teams in pursuit of their why, and lastly, and most importantly, unlocking the magic that occurs when integrally aligning individual and collective interest. He's a really powerful man, one of the wisest men I've met thus far in this short life of mine. And we're really going to be diving deep on a lot of things touching on leadership, purpose. How do you find your ikigai as a leader? Or Ikagi, I believe he's probably gonna uh, correct me on how to pronounce it. And then most importantly, you know, how do you create an effective purpose statement that really steers your career in the direction that you want it to go? Without further ado, I would love to have Omid on the show. Welcome, my friend. Great to be here, Tim. Hello, everyone in the virtual verse. Uh, good morning, <laughs> good afternoon, and good evening. <laughs> Omid, how are you hanging in there, man? Where are you chiming in from? I'm uh, in the city of Campbell, which is uh, San Jose, California. Um, I'm in my um, in my home, surrounded by many of my friends behind me here. Um, homeschooling my two youngins. Um, my wife is also a teacher, so uh, it's a busy video conference day every day. Yeah, I love it. I love it. How have you been hanging there during COVID nineteen, man? Um, well. Um, you know, one thing you know about me, uh, Tim, is uh, I'm 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 real. I'm I'm <laughs> unfettered. Yeah. So at the start of it, frankly, I had a heart attack, and yeah. um, I'm still here. I'm I'm going at it. But you know, the, my my reset and what we're talking about today, I'm I'm living it. You know, very yeah. viscerally. Um, but be, besides that, um, work is good. Um, we are we've we've shifted uh, to full-on virtual how we're doing it not only just for this year but also planning for 2021 wow um so it, there's really a new normal in fact starting to call that re-entry what does it look mm. like we re-enter into this new normal um at a personal level my health is great i'm down 20 pounds yeah uh, i'm uh, getting in touch with folks i reached out to you in fact after. <laughs> I'm getting after it. In fact, and on our, our, our conversation just before this, I'm dedicated my 2020 to being the year of giving and living. So I love it. Um, I'm uh, using this as an opportunity. Um, I, love so it. I love it. If you're tuning in right now, you're viewing, please give a comment on where you're tuning and viewing from. I'll definitely make sure to shout you out. I mean, I would love for you to share a little bit more about, you know, your background, man, and how long you've been in doing this work in the area of leadership and, and purpose development. Well, um, I was an MBA student in uh, 2002, 2004 at the University of Chicago. Um, so I started as a second year MBA student where I was one of 60 um, second year students selected to teach lead leadership effectiveness and development to the first year students. 
uh, and that was a year long kind of uh, symposium. And you know, you can't you can't teach unless you actually internalize it yourself. And so that yeah. was the single biggest move I had made at that point in my life um, to getting into leadership and leadership development. Um, and so then, yeah, class of two thousand four. So sixteen years thereafter. You know, I've been doing that. It started with management consulting. And why did I go into management consulting? Well, I, I always had an entrepreneurial itch. Uh, yeah. I have a modest upbringing, so I didn't have money. I didn't have a huge network. And this was early internet days. Not, not you know, um, not not too early, but my network wasn't what it is now. Uh, and so I wanted to go to a place where I could learn from the best and then use that as a platform to to, to transfer yeah. to others. Um, and through that, I um, started in San Francisco, moved to Abu Dhabi, Dubai, worked for Fortune 100 companies, worked for heads of state, uh, came back uh, on the East Coast, and I've been slowly working my way back through multiple moves and multiple uh, industries to the West Coast. Wow. So, um, you know, they say variety is the spice of life. Uh, I, uh, I've got that itch. So every two to three years, I hop and I move. Um, and with each move, you, you, you pick up, you know, new flavors. Yeah. And that's what I bring um, when I interact with folks. Yeah. And I think what's so interesting about your background is you, you've seen leadership, not only from a variety of different industries and roles, but also different cultures. Right. And, you know, I kind of want to dive deep with you um, on our topic for today is, you know, you know, what is purpose driven leadership? How would you describe it, Omid? Well, uh, I think leadership starts inside out. So um, it, Regardless of what an individual's aspirations are, he or she starts starts with herself, with himself or herself. Um, what is it that motivates you? What is it that gives you energy? And you know, you mentioned ikigai at the um, you know the, the top of the call. Um, I think that may be one of the simplest ways to kind of get at it, which is sure. you know it's a four circle Venn diagram, and it starts with service leadership, which is what does the world need. Um, so you start outside, leadership is inside out, but service is outside in. So what does the world need? The second thing is, what is it that I love? Third is, what is it that I'm good at? And I would argue, what is it that I would want to work to get good at? Because we're going to have multiple careers at this yeah. stage, right? So it's not a static thing, growth mindset and all that. And lastly, let's not be shy. What can I get paid for? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's Well, that's the framework anyway. And there's a, there's a realism. And so the intersection of all of those, that's where Nirvana is, that, you know, you mm. get your daily bread and enough to accomplish whatever it is that you want, that you're being of service in ways that help people at the right place at the right time. You're aligning it with what it is that you love and you're spending time developing the skills that you want. When you have that, and I'm shifting a little bit into strategy discussion, this purpose is, is, is like a North Star and it mm. helps you say yes and no to things. So the journey is the destination. Right. I, I am not the person that I'm going to be tomorrow or a year from now. And I, if you if you can get yourself to the place where you actually enjoy the journey, that that's aligned with those four types of concepts that we've talked about, then um, I think you have a very good chance of succeeding in whatever it is that you want. And not only that, but your interactions with others create mm -hmm. that sweet residue where people want to be with you. People want to react and you know, think, feel, do. What do you want people to think, feel, do? Um, and then you land that and then you stand out. You stand out with just by being you. And I think that's the power. Or at least that's my that's my approach. There, there's no act. There's no shtick. <laughs> because the world, life is too short to, for, for, for those ancillary efforts. But mm. just, just be yourself and 
that'll attract the right people. It'll detract some folks. That's okay. And there's a place for everyone. That's so true. So I want to show love to Ocean, who's tuning in from Nigeria. Aziz as well, who's tuning in from Nigeria. Gregory as well from Lagos, Nigeria. We have a lot of Nigeria people in the episode today tuning in with us. Shout out to you all. If you're tuning in now, please let me know where you're tuning in from. Comment below. If you have any questions for Omid as we go through the episode, let us know. I'll definitely be addressing your comments and questions throughout the episode. You know, I want to ask you, Omid, so is that how, you know, one develops executive presence. If you, you, I'm sure you heard that term. Does it does it start with kind of you know the insight in awareness, inside out awareness of what your, of what of how you want to serve the world, and more importantly, what you're great at? Is that is that because I feel as if with what you were saying, it's like when you have that level of charisma, and you have that understanding. It's very easy for you to develop a sense of executive presence on where you want to go. But I would love to get your thoughts. Well, so. When you first said executive presence, I think of it, I initially thought of it as, well, do folks view me or whoever that person is asking that question as mm -hmm. an executive, right? And so what kind of moves might I want to make in order to do that for whatever reason it is that, that, that you want to do that with? And if, mm -hmm. if that's the angle that we're coming at, um, executive presence, you know, that there's, I think Simon Sinek said, you know, leaders eat last. It's about listening. It's about facilitating the person opposite you feeling seen. Like they, they people want to first understand, they want to know that you care before they care about you or your leadership or whatever else there is. So for me, executive presence starts with, you know, it's kind of sandbox rules back when we were kids. Like you're respectful, yeah. thankful, you're listening. Uh, yeah. Maybe, you know, you put the other person's interests at least for a short period of time before your own. It doesn't mean you don't stand up for yourself, but mm. it's, you're the one who has the capability of, you know, stepping up on that balcony, making sure everyone's okay, understanding what's going on, and then choosing kind of where to engage. Now, how you do that, I think, is informed by your why. Mm. Because, you know, first you got to step up on the balcony and see what's going on. But where you choose to engage, that's going to be informed by your why. So we, we both stand on the same mountaintop. We see the same thing. You might look at the evergreen tree and I might look at the lake because I want to go take a dip in the pool or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Or why informs the path that we take, but you got to step up on that balcony. And I think that's the first move um, in getting that kind of presence. Mm, powerful. So shout out to Naomi, who's tuning in from Ottawa and Valentina, who's also tuning in as well. Nice to see you on the episode, Mrs. Okeke. And Olushola, who's tuning in from Nigeria as well. I love that we have so much Nigerian people in the episode. It, it means that we truly are worldwide. You know, I think going back to your point, you know, every leader has to step up on a balcony in order to develop this level of presence. I want to, you know, talk to you a little bit about, you know, how do you practice leading with why, right? You mentioned Simon Sinek, who's famous for his, you know, start with why book. And then yep. also leaders eat last. You know, what are the, some of the two to three things that us as leaders can do to practice this mindset? Because it's a challenge, right? I think there's always things pulling you away from your why. Um, and you can call those distractions. But I think being grounded in your why is not something that's easy for many people. Well, so let's start a little bit of how do you get like, like two minutes on how do you get to your why, right? The, mm. the, quick, the quick story there is. If you're th there's different moves as an individual, as a team, or even as a tribe. Um, right now, let's just talk about it as individuals. Yeah. If you're looking at it as an individual, um, you sit back and you think through the, the the seminal stories in your life. All right, and the theory is by the time you're in your mid twenties, the life experiences that are shaping the who you are with a capital W, you've probably already had. 
Wow. Um, okay. Doesn't need to necessarily be the case. And I'll explain to you when I had my life event about uh, two months ago, uh, I did this for myself. I, I opened up a document. I went through my life by every decade and mm. I put together about 30 stories. Wow. Then um, what you do is you you get yourself a partner, not someone who knows you super well. So not a family member, not a life partner, because they'll retell those same stories and you'll get into debates about the story. It's not about that. <laughs> so I, I grabbed a, a friend of mine who is also a coach and basically has an open mind and is curious. And that's all you need. And you take the 30 stories and you get it down to the 10 that you think are most important that really define who you are. And you, your job is just to tell the stories to your partner. Your partner listens and tries to collect fact and meaning. We really don't care about the facts, but it's really about the meaning that's showing up in your life. And then connecting those dots across the 10 different stories for a golden thread or an arc that defines kind of who you are. So as wow. an example, um, look, I'm the son of Iranian immigrants. I grew up in Chicago. Uh, shout out to my Bulls. I've been watching the Bulls documentary and reliving my yesterlife. You know, <laughs> there's no sports. Um, but as a son of immigrants and, and the oldest, um, I was the oldest child and the youngest adult in, in a community. And so this notion of bridge building and this idea of looking behind the story, behind the story, um, mm -hmm. you know, today some people are calling that fake news. Um, but I've been living that for 40 years. And, and if I could see that there's a story behind the story and that my story isn't always getting out, how can I empathize with others who are in the same position? And so then this, this thread popped, it was very clear that, okay, Omid, you're a, um, a little bit of a truth teller. You're a team builder. You, um, you don't have a, a, a rooted home in the sense of I am, I'm both American and Iranian and global. And then it's global. So like yeah. we're all kind of this unity. So this flavor of unity is a thing. Um, right. So unity, bridge building, helping others to help others. That's and and now all of a sudden, look, as a forty, almost forty-four year old, uh, I'm mm -hmm. doing coaching, I'm doing development, I'm in the process of, and it's it's all aligned, and and yeah. just having the strength to kind of say that, um, it's a little bit more long-winded than I would have liked, but how's that as, as attempt at first answer? I think it's a great template, and I think what you're what you what I love about what you're saying about that is that there was a process you went through. Right. And it was, that, that, that sounds like a very exhaustive process. But you mentioned what you were looking for is fact and meaning, not caring too much about the fact, but really that golden path, that common thread. And I think, you know, often we forget that we have to look within in order to really latch onto that why. I think sometimes people think a why is very external facing. Uh, I, you know, often people say you can't don't don't try to chase your passion, create your passion. Right. And I don't know if you agree with that or not, but what I loved about, about what you just said was the process you went into kind of really delving deep and how it involves storytelling, too, which is a I think it's fundamental to who, who you're trying to become and who you are. That's right. I, I, I don't I can only smile and nod to what you just said there, Tim. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so for you, you know, how important was it for you kind of like getting clarity around your stories, you know, because we, we forget our stories are fundamentally who what shapes our existence, right? And I even for me, you know, my story, I'm an immigrant as well, similar to you. And, you know, my parents, the reason why they actually brought us to America was so we could have access to better educational opportunity. So for me, a lot of what we're doing building with guide 
I like it's I have skin in the game because I'm obsessed with ensuring that people have access to quality education and just being able to learn. So like I feel as if that story is a big part of my why and, and why we're building um, our company. And I think, you know, what what's so powerful right now, I think with what's going on with COVID-19 is that there's a lot of stories that are being formed right now that can propel you into that leader you want to become in two to three years. Well, absolutely. And and it seems like most of our friends are from Nigeria. So for all the kind people who are listening from Nigeria, <laughs> uh, thank you. And and to everyone else who, who's, who's on the, on the line. So when we think about stories, uh, there's there's two types of stories that I think about. One is the, the, the story that we just said, like, okay, my, my immigrant story or my life story. But there's also the stories that I tell myself, particularly mm-hmm. those that inhibit me. I, they serve me at a point in time. So I'll, I'll give an example and, and kind of where I am now with respect to those stories. So uh, as an immigrant child, the story that my parents in a very well-intended way would tell me is, hey, keep your head down, work to fit in, yeah. um, and you know, so that you can make your way. And then eventually, okay, once you make your way, you can do whatever. Well, the, the, the challenge with that kind of mindset is you actually never make it. You're always keeping your head down because there's always the next thing that you want to get into. And that creates a mental um, and psychological cage. Mm-hmm. Um, so one consequence of something like that is I felt as I grew up, I was being suffoc- I was suffocating myself. And, um, um, you know, my life event uh, of, of, of um, you know, March busted me out of all of that. Yeah. Um, and that's my invitation to everyone else is that, look, um, I do believe that the, whatever it is that you do likely is in the service of others. And as long as that's the case, and as long as you can look everyone in the eye yourself, most importantly, and know what you're after, then there's no reason, there's no reason to hide. Mm. Um, I actually got my own coach. for So I'm a coach and I coach leaders. And if you believe in the practice, then you should get one for yourself. <laughs> so, so, so I got one for myself and I got one in, in a space that I'm not necessarily an expert in. So he's an expert in neuro-linguistic programming and um, maybe even hypnosis and other kind of behavioral things. And um, so like with my coach, we put together a council. So I just want to kind of give you an example because it shows you that thread. Like, so you have to be curious. You got to break down the stories. And it said, hey, who would you have as your own board of directors? Mm. And okay, first I was like Mandela and Gandhi. And I was like, okay, they are fathers of, of a nation state. And because I, I think globally, um, I, I come from a religious practice. And so I had some religious leaders that I brought in, in from that practice. Um, uh, Ali is, uh, is a dear name in our family. Um, my father's named Ali. My son's named Ali. Muhammad Ali was on my thing. I'm from Chicago. Uh, and so I, I say I'm the third O from Chicago. You know, Obama, <laughs> Omid's coming at you. And you heard it here first. So I've got Obama and I got Oprah on there. Um, and then who else? I probably had a couple other people also. But like... Um, those were the images, the people, the stories, not to keep your head down and, and protect yourself. That's That was my story, right? And so getting out of the limiting things, because the world is big, there's a world of abundance, um, the media platforms that we have now, all the many good things that you're talking about in terms of um, you know the future of work, yeah. um, the sooner individuals have the courage. And look, it's not life isn't a Disney movie. So I'm not going to say you're not going to, but, but, but those wounds or those experiences, that's when you're, you're turning iron ore into steel and you're working for yourself. Um, and the, you know, my wish for myself is I would have started that more in earnest 
you know, 20 years ago. Um, my career was one of collecting badges, right? Yeah. So I, I was at XYZ University and XYZ company and, and whatever, and I was surviving. I wasn't living. Mm. Um, and that's when then all of those badges actually ring hollow. Um, you know, there's a certain minimum threshold, depending on the study you read, it's $70,000 or $120,000 or whatever. Beyond that, that doesn't equate with happiness. It doesn't equate with fulfillment. And so the sooner we're actually climbing the right mountain and do the hard work of climbing the right mountain for ourselves, um, I think the more fulfillment you have. And if you're fulfilled, that's the inside out. You got your happiness, you got others. And we're talking about happiness, but I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll put a cap on this thread. Um, where I'm at with, um, with, you know, what is it that we're after? Yeah. After happiness, I think is peace. Mm. Because if we think about life experiences, one of the most, you know, um, traumatic could be death, whether it's for other others. I don't know how many people are really happy with death or, or let's put it another way. There is sadness in life that we're not going to get around it. Mm. So um, if there is, if we know sadness is a reality, then the end state isn't happiness because then I'm denying the reality of my sadness. So I want to, I want to, I want to welcome all my experiences. They're all genuine. They're all real. Mm. So then happiness isn't the outcome. What is it? For me, it's peace, mm. peace that, Look, I can't control what happens outside, but can I control what's inside? Do I show up the way what I do? And you know, can I sleep with peace of mind at night? For me, that's that's my um, that's my nirvana, or that's my heaven on earth. That's so powerful. So it's either saying exploring opportunities that pursuing that pers- and pursuing passion provides is great, but sometimes might not be the right choice at a particular time. Can you talk a bit more about this, Omid? Yeah. So. Um, I was guilty of thinking at the same time as listening. So I just want to make sure I got the question. The question was that we might be pursuing the wrong thing. Is, is that is that the question? So he mentioned exploring opportunities that, that pursue passion provides is great, but sometimes might not be the right choice at particular times. Can you talk a bit more about this? Sure. Yeah. Um, so there, um, uh, I think you've also highlighted this book. I'm reminded of... Um, uh, design your life and design thinking. Yeah. Where um, the, the idea here is that we're not going to think our way into whatever our path is. We're going to do and learn our way into our path. And so, um, you know, so I'm faculty uh, at, at the Google School, and we we teach uh, leading in complexity, and and that's the kind of the crux of it. When we when the path forward is unknown or when there's so much data and we don't know how to process it, how do we navigate ourselves and how do we navigate the landscape and lead our teams and other people? And so one of the things that we talk about is creating safe to learn experiments. Mm. What, what does that mean? So a safe to learn experiment would be before laying all your eggs in one basket and going full throttle. So if it's in a career thing, and I, w- I was just having a conversation with a father yesterday trying to get his college student on, on the right path. So this is this is real. It just happened yesterday. And he's like, well, you know, what's the next thing? Is it AI? Is it ML? Is it AI and ML in, in, in commerce? And my daughter has an art bent to it. So how can I feed art into it? And, um, you know, I, I hit pause on that a little bit. I said, well, look, you know, this you're asking this young person to to bet on the next 20, 30 years of a career where it's going to change four times and you'll be lucky to get change one right. Who knows what changes two, three, and four are? Uh, secondly, you don't even know what the person likes. So we had the why conversation. Mm-hmm. And but but getting back to the safe to learn experiments. Okay, so you think that you want to do um, um, graphic design 
for healthcare companies that are using machine learning to optimize ER diagnosis, emergency. <laughs> Let's just say that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. How hard is it to find an ER doctor or someone who's in that space? Let's go <laughs> and let's go and have that. Like, let go and actually try before. I guess the the, the succinct way to say: try before you buy. Mm. Let's see if you can try before you buy. Um, I, uh, I I'm doing coaching right now, uh, and I'm in the process of building a, my own private practice. My try before you buy was becoming an internal coach on the side, like my side gig, while I'm at my day job. Yeah, because it was safe to learn. That's a safe to learn experiment. Right. And, and and a safe to learn experiment is something where you can control enough of the variables there. You can nudge it. You can shape the outcome of it. Um, if it blows up in your face, life isn't going to stop because that's not healthy. Right. Like For me, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a son. And I, I got to be responsible. I, I want to be responsible. It's part of my values. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the safe to learn experiment. Um, so to, to the point where this, the, the caller or the, the question was around, well, may, it may not be the right thing. Mm. Um, I think it's knowing what problem you're trying to solve and spending the time to be clear is very important. So if you're clear on the problem that you're trying to solve, that should empower you to say yes or no to what it is that you're trying to test. Mm. So the thing that you're trying to test, given what you know at that moment, hopefully is your attempt at the answer. We're okay if it's not. But if you know from the beginning it's not the thing, then that's a little bit of a waste of time, right? Like you're, you're selling yourself short. So the first move is let's be clear on the problem that we're trying to solve. Once we're clear on the problem that we're trying to solve, what really matters? What do I need to know to then know what I want to do? Mm. Having your why in place then helps you say yes and no to stuff because you don't want to say yes to everything. So that, yeah. that's your compass. Okay, and then you try. Don't overthink it. You get in, you do something for a month or two, and you're like, hmm. Yeah, that ER emergency room thing, that's depressing because as much as I like to help people, I, I can't stand the sight of blood. Mm. Uh, that, that was one of my life experiences. I was growing up, I was programmed to be a doctor ever since I was a kid. <laughs> Always probing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was programmed. Like, well, culturally, for my culture, you're either an engineer or you're a doctor. Or <laughs> else, right? That's very common in Nigerian culture, too. Yeah, so I was the doctor. <laughs> and it wasn't until college when I did an internship and I was in the hospital, I was like, you know what? I can't spend the next whatever doing that. Mm. Like, and and that's that requires that self awareness. So going deep, and you know, I, I we talk about going slow. Some people say go slow to go fast. I don't think that there's value in speed in it of itself necessarily. But I would say go slow to go better. Take the mm. time to know yourself, get that alignment, then hit the gas in those experiments. Mm. I love it. Go slow to go better. Yeah. So shout out to Praise who is saying, be clear on the problem problem that you want to solve in your life. Shout out to Praise. She's definitely tuning in and listening. Hey, Mimi, who is tuning in from Honolulu, Hawaii, which is phenomenal. Aloha. <laughs> Ooh, aloha, right? <laughs> Praise is also commenting and saying, go slow to go better. Shout out to you, Praise. Thank you so much for tuning in. Shout out to Evan Bradshaw, who is also tuning in from Santa Barbara, California. Evan, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation today. So Moni Fliki Olu is saying very solid advice. She's loving everything that you're dishing out, Omid. She is definitely feeling it. Once more, shout out to Michael Young, who is tuning in from Atlanta, Georgia. I love Atlanta. It's such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city. Thank you so much, Michael, for being a part of the conversation today.
So, you know, with with what we've we've talked about so far, Omid, I want to ask you, you know, how does one create that effective purpose statement that can act as their North Star for their career, right? I think we've touched on, you know, the power of storytelling, and we've also touched on, you know, how it can help you create clarity and kind of like that process. But, you know, can you give us an example of purpose statements or, you know, what goes into creating one that allows you to to take that leadership control of your personal um, career? Wonderful. Um, I'll give you an example that I, I use with um, with my clients at work. Um, and um, this wasn't designed, by the way, but because I have been working on this, I do happen to have Synex Find Your Why right in front of me. <laughs> so anyone wants a book and I get no commission. Um, but, um, this is a book that gives you some exercises. The one I'm going to do is something that, um, others kind of cooked up, but first of all, let's just talk about what, how, why, because that's going to be the purpose statement. It's going to be three simple sentences. All right. Um, most people can articulate their, what, what is it that you do? Um, they have a little bit harder time articulating how is it that they do it and even harder of a time on why they do it. Okay. Um, to save your time, I, I, I won't get into it now, but Simon Sinek, five minute YouTube video, you can watch that and he'll tell you how Apple computer did that. Um, <laughs> a little bit of a dated story, but you'll get the idea. All right. So there's a what, how, why. And the, the, the purpose statement that you're talking about is really getting to your why. Okay. Yeah. So here's a very simple exercise that you can do. Um, you know, imagine you have a piece of paper and you, you put it down horizontally and you write a simple sentence, uh, and don't overthink it. So you, you write around, well, what is it that you think you want to do? Like, what do you think your your why is? Okay, whatever it is. And it doesn't matter how grandiose or not. And don't overthink it because it's going to be iterative process. All right. And so you're going to do what we're talking about two or three times. Okay. So you write your first statement. So um, my, my statement might be, um, uh, I want to help. I, want, I got into management consultant to help people run their businesses. Okay. Now what you're going to do is you're going to think of it like a decision tree. So there's going to be a step ladder going up and a step ladder coming down. Wow. So in the step ladder going up, you ask yourself why. Hmm. And you ask yourself why maybe four or five times. So, all right, I want to help people. I want to be a management consultant to help people start their own businesses. Why? Well, because I think if um, people have economic freedom, then they have other freedom. Why? Well, then if you're free, then you can be happy and fulfilled. Why? Well, then if you take the why all the way, like two to the extreme, it sounds like you're Miss Universe talking about world peace and love because like, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's where it gets, right? Yeah. At the extreme. But the point is you're, you're picking, um, you're, you're creating a range. Now with each of those whys, with each of those whys, there's also a step down, which talks about what. So why am I doing it? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? What am I doing? Okay. Now the same way that we kind of took the, the why five whys, you can also go down and ask yourself five what's. So what am I doing? All right. And then what this does is this gives you a spectrum of activities and you kind of look at it and you're like, okay, Miss Universe, world peace and whatever sounds a little too rich. Like that's, that's a little too far out there or maybe not. Like I, this is not a value judgment. This is about how you are feeling because this is your why. Okay. Mm. So you end up getting, uh, um, you, you end up getting a range of things. And then what you want to do is you want to translate those into three statements. And those three statements are something to the effect of um, 
I, I do X mm. by doing Y so that Z. Wow. Right? I do X by doing Y so that Z. And this laddering is to give you that range because um, at the top, at the top of this range, that's the so that, that's your why, that's the most meaningful, that's the highest balcony that you have, that's where the meaning is, okay? Mm -hmm. The by doing is the collection of what's that you have in this range, right? And so, so that's that's it. So you do that once with whatever initial statement you do, and you're like, okay, I tried that on for size. Try another, try another one. Like, wow. you know, I came at it from a consulting one. Um, I do community work. You know, I'm, I'm a coach. I'm a soccer coach. I'm a, like, so whatever it is. But the point is like, the, learn by doing. So you mm -hmm. do three of those things. You write that statement and then you share it with a couple of folks who know you. Do, do you see me in this? Do I see me in this? And you don't need others to be convinced. But it's, you know, we have blind spots, right? Uh -oh. So to kind of hardwire that, then you test it with others. And then you have your you have your statement. Yeah. So that that's the crispest uh, example I have for you. That's such a powerful practical example. I've actually I've never heard it explained like that. You probably explained it better than Simon Sinek could. <laughs> could. <laughs> uh, no, that was really really good. Uh, and I think I love the the fact that it's kind of like this ladder framework that allows you to extract, yeah, kind of like diverge, yeah. and then hone right back in. That's really, really powerful. It's really powerful. And for, you know, you mentioned you've done it with your clients. Have they seen amazing results with it in their lives? Well, so um, not to toot my own horn, but I, I, did, <laughs> I did it with a group of leaders. And um, this was in a team context where we were trying to define the team vision, the team why. And these are long tenured folks. And they said this was the best exercise we've done in the last five years. Um, and we even took it that the next thing that we did was, so we did this laddering exercise, we got the statement and then we said, okay, but let's, because it's not just what's written on a page, it's getting inside the emotion in the hearts of people, right? Mm. We then talk about organizations. It's even more important to create artifacts. So then we wanted to create artifacts. And then what we said was, well, Hey, imagine you're at a all hands meeting three years from now. Mm. And let's say you're all still there. You're on the stage. What stories are you telling? What t-shirts are you wearing? Um, how have you measured this kind of success? And then like they, they, they actually geeked out and they, 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 they designed t-shirts, paper, they printed out the t-shirts, they got little logos because you got to make it real. You got to make this compass like, like mm. come to life. Um, so they loved it and it, it unlocked, it, it unlocked for them. Um, I'm working with another leader. Uh, she's a new mother. So she just turned 40, just wow. came back from maternity leave and the combination of, you know, her life phase and what's going on in her work, like she wasn't feeling it on the day job anymore. And mm. like rock star, like the, she's she's top talent. Um, uh, senior leadership wants to promote her and she's kind of stuck. So we're, we're doing this. Why? And I was having a mm. conversation with her. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm building these stories and I'm telling my husband stuff that I didn't know that I'm telling my husband stuff that he didn't know my husband of 16 years. And it's this rediscovery. And if we, if we, sorry, I'm going to kind of get into the COVID thing because we started there. We were, there's a moment right now that we're living in, right? This is the first time that we as a species of human beings are all experiencing the same thing at the same time with a fair amount of trauma. Yeah. Um, and there is now this new currency around um, human touch, encroachment, and realness, what we're doing right now. Like, 
we're not quite strangers, but you know, I, I haven't had the luxury of knowing you that well. And we're having a real conversation because that's mm. what the world needs right now. So yeah. there we talk about ready, willing, and able. So th there's a readiness and a willingness that's that's happening. It mm. requires you to kind of go into yourself. And then if you if you marry those things together, the readiness and the willingness, you having the awareness and then the courage to kind of step out. I think that's where the magic happens. And that's that's where I invite people to play. Hmm. Powerful. So I think you got a new you got a new fan in praise. Praise is saying thank you for the explanation in terms of how you shared how you can ladder out your why and then as well as your what. She's really, really following that following that and she's been taking notes throughout the entire live episode readiness and willingness she's feeling that and once again she is praising you for helping her clarify you know how she should think about her why if you all have any questions for me please feel free to ask them in the comments i will definitely be dishing be dishing them out to Omid. So Omid, you know, as we have you for a little bit more uh, uh, time, shout out to Kimberly who just joined. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for being a part of the conversation today and tuning in. If you all are loving this episode, by the way, because I am, make sure you to share it with your networks on LinkedIn. Tag Omid and I. Tag what you're learning. Let us know. And we'll definitely make sure to comment on your post as well as share it with our networks as well so we can boost your reach and visibility. So, I mean, you know, how do you see careers changing in the next normal, right? Because we're, I think, you know, I, I read an article, I believe, earlier today that says a lot of states are now reopening again gradually. And, and you know, I'm also reading articles that, that state that, you know, Companies like Facebook and, and, you know, as you mentioned, Google, they're now kind of they're going to be thinking of having shifts and only having 25 percent of their workforce coming into the office. So all of these change, changes are happening right underneath us. How do you think this is going to affect careers moving forward into our next normal? So I'll try to take a pre-COVID and post-COVID view because um, I think they build on each other. Mm -hmm. So pre-COVID, if you dial the clock back, I don't know, six months, eight months, nine months. Um, I think a lot of the public discourse was around, you know, the robots are coming and, you know, what are we going to do and that kind of thing, right? So uh, <laughs> AI, machine learning. And I, I think the, the simplest thread that I can come, come up with is that which can be automated will, and a lot of things will be automated, right? Data is the new oil. Like why, why is all this talk about cloud, um, you know, whether it's Google or Amazon or Microsoft or, or whoever, whoever the player may be, uh, it's because the cloud is where we're going to mine the new oil or we're going to drill the new oil. So we've got to have the infrastructure. We've got to have the natural resource. Then we're going to meet those two things together. And through that, we're going to generate insights. And insight is what's going to drive innovation, creativity, job security, if you want, power, which people are uncomfortable talking about. But all that stuff is in play. Okay, so pre-COVID, um, when, when I when I talk to people, is well, do you want to be a user of 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 the future, or do you want to be a shaper of the future? Mm. And I want to be a shaper. Power, well, uh, absolutely. The power and the fulfillment is in the shaping, right? Yeah. So then you want to get yourself and equip yourself to be able to shape those sorts of things. So, like you know, Sundar, um, the, the CEO of Google, has talked about how. How AI and ML is going to be the impact on society is going to be greater than the industrial revolution. Mm. Like it is happening and it's going to be a big stinking deal. So if we think about our careers, 
getting there because that's where the growth is. That's where the money is. That's where the impact is. Um, there is no job security. Um, there is value creation. Mm-hmm. As long as you can create value and provide service to others, you have a secure job. So being in a place where there's growth, there's resources, where it's going to impact, where the demand is going to be high, positions you for that kind of security. But the, the, the security of the 1950s, where you could have a 40-year career in one company and then check out and retire and have a pension, that's long gone. That's not happening. So we've got to be able to learn. We've got to be in that space where there's growth. Now, mm-hmm. take it post-COVID. I think all of that stuff holds true. So none of that changes. But then there's other considerations that we want to think about. Um, so... Um, I can tell you, for example, I, I do a lot of workshops and, and mm. seminars and that kind of thing. So in this industry right now, Zoom is exploding and people are learning that it's okay to do exactly what we're doing right now. Yeah. So that means, well, what, what does that mean? Well, just just give you some examples. Well, I, I'm paying high real estate costs to live close to work. Well, that's yeah. kind of silly because I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's going to have a knock on effect on real estate prices, on mortgage rate. And then, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens there. Um, but now all of a sudden, my effective market isn't the 40 mile radius that, you know, was an OK commute for me. Now mm-hmm. I can be global. Well, what does that mean and how does that go? And so right now the rules are being rewritten. There are no rules. They haven't been no. written. Yet, right. And, and so that's why I'm excited, because in an environment where barriers are coming down and by, by barriers mm. I mean, what's inside and outside what's inside omid and outside omid what's inside company x and outside of company x you could be everywhere it's quite possible so it you is. can where there are no rules how cool would it be if you define your own compass and then you start navigating this terrain and blazing your path eventually the rules are going to get locked down and our ability to maneuver is going to be a lot tighter so like you talk about seizing the moment, carpe diem, like this, like this is one of those moments, the people who move and they jump, they're going to be patting themselves on the back, whether you win or not, you'll have lived the experience. And that's the point. The journey is the destination. Otherwise, you're going to be coulda, woulda, shoulda 10 years down the road and then looking wistfully. I thought of that. I thought of that, but I, I didn't get off my butt. Um, and so you that's something that's about exciting. It. Yeah, it, it gives me that gives me the energy. And then platforms like this, I also believe. Um, let me just throw out one other one other resource. Um, there's a, there's a nice book. It's called Your Strategy Needs a Strategy. Um, You've and, told me about this. One. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, check that out. There's also like a 10 minute or 15 minute TED talk or something like that. But basically, one of the takeaways is in an environment where um, there is a lot of uncertainty and that there can be a lot of power. And I would argue right now, technology is one of the great equalizers of history. All right. So I think there's more power. We have more agency than we give ourselves credit for. And kudos for Tim to Tim for modeling that and and his great work. Um, But if you think about how there's power and in the collective action that we can take, there's power and that there's uncertainty. Well, there's a certain model for success and strategy. And that model, they call it being the the orchestrator, where you develop a platform. It's actually inclusive, where if you think of an orchestra, there is a conductor who's maybe everyone in the audience sees. But all the musicians have their space. Um, they have to be able to play. Otherwise, it's not going to be beautiful music. And everyone wants the beautiful music. So <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a unifying opportunity that's coming. And again, it's unique. And it's it, the winners are going to be those people, I think, who are inclusive, who help build platforms and invite others. Because I think we're tired. Yeah, We're tired of the frustration. We see the story behind the story. 
and and we're ready. Um, and so that that excites me, and I, I'm excited for everyone who's you know starting their journeys now, and I'm rooting for everyone. I love that, Omid, and it's, that's such an inclusive and abundant lens that you know we often don't read about in the in the news. And what I love about it is that you're speaking to that. I, I do believe that in the future, everyone you will have an opportunity to create your own platform in what you're doing in your craft in your career, and it's it's all a matter of do you want to take that opportunity, no matter what the risk risks that are involved in it. And I want to show love to the amazing viewers who are coming in and throwing all kinds of questions your way, Omid. So let's start with Kimberly. Kimberly is asking, how do you equip yourself in this new normal in educational technology? She's an educational technology consultant, and she is stepping stepping up and taking things to the next level with her personal brand. So how do you equip yourself in this new normal in educational technology? Hmm. Um, so I will be honest, Kimberly, that I have not engaged educational technology as a specific thing. And so if, if you like, um, I'm reachable on LinkedIn and I'm, this is not a pitch, but I, I'm happy to have this conversation because I want to answer the question and I'm going to answer it the way I've encountered it. So I haven't encountered it through educational technology as a topic in and of itself. My approach has been to um, uh, connect with people in the knowledge, in the, in, in the services or whatever it is that, that I need to do. So for example, the strategy needs a strategy. Um, you know, I've had an off um, a conversation with the author. Um, there's a topic called adult vertical development, um, which blew my mind in terms of how I associate with the world, adult vertical development. There's some more brain candy for anyone who's interesting. <laughs> and there's a lovely woman, Bina Sharma. She has an institute and I got myself to, to, to Bina. So I have been going after sources and then in my discussion with the sources, the tools. So in my head, I'm translating technology as a tool. That might not be the right translation. I'm just sharing with you how I'm engaging with it. When I get to the source, then the translation of that source information into the tools that are enabled, I'm also kind of hearing from the horse's mouth. And so are, are they using these books or are these using these tools? Or are they using this technology? That happens on the back end. That's how I've come at the, at the, at the technology question. But I can appreciate that there may be other questions, and I'm happy to uh, explore that with you if you find that helpful. You got your answer, Kim. Give him a shout out. He's more than happy to have a conversation about it. Shout out to Kim for asking such a great question. So I want to show love to Kenna, who is mentioning that she is tuning in from the Washington, D.C. area. Omid, thank you for being here. She says leaders eat last as part of their curriculum there at the leadership and career development team. So it's cool that you brought it up. And she's also going to be suggesting your strategy needs a strategy next to her team. Thanks, Kenna. <laughs> so this is a Facebook user who we do not see he or she's name, but they said Omid is killing it. Love this talk. You're sharing all kinds of gems. And our top viewer and top fan today who has been tuning in throughout the, this entire conversation praise is saying she's owning that she can be global as well omid and you know she is reciting everything that you're saying in terms of the journey being the destination you know with that said omid you know i want to thank you so much for being on this episode of unleashing the future of work a guy podcast you know what is an abundant takeaway that you can give, give our guide community uh to 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 help them continue steering with your why? Uh, I should have seen that coming, Tim. <laughs> I, I didn't. So we're going to see how good I am on my feet. Um, I, I will say that your 
your past doesn't define you. Hmm. Um, and be aware, go deep. So go in, in leadership is inside out and start with the end in mind. So regardless of where you are in your career and what you're doing, what you are in your life um, stage, you can achieve whatever it is that you want. Does that sound hokey or not? I don't care. It is true. Um, it will be a function of how bad you want it, how clear you are on it, and how how strong you're going to stay the course. Because, uh, again, life isn't a Disney movie. But if you invest in yourself that way, you will then draw to yourself the resources and the people. And if I'm one of them, I would be happy to. And this is, again, not a <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking about legacy. And I'm thinking about how I want to show up in the world. And this is exactly how I want to show up in the world. And so if I can be of service to you, um, please let me know. And if you engage others in the same way, I am positive that you're going to start building momentum. And it's baby steps, right? Mm. Each day is a new day. Uh, climb a mountain one step at a time. And, um, you know, we overestimate what we can achieve in a year and underestimate what we can achieve in five. I think Mr. Gates, uh, that was one of his quotes. Gates said that, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, set yourself a five-year plan. Don't listen to the naysayers because they don't know you. They don't know your why. And in five years, lift your head up and, and you're going to be places. And I'm excited yeah. for you. I love it. I love it. Oh, me. back, Tim. This is the first one, not the last one. <laughs> Definitely. We would love to have you back on the show. More importantly, thank you so much for tuning in. And if you love this episode, please share with your network, tag on me tonight, and we'll make sure that we comment. Omid, it was so lovely having you. Thank you so much for, for joining me on this episode, man. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> with that said, you all, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Unleashing the Future of Work, a guy podcast, guy community. Thank you for tuning in once again, and always showing up and showing out and asking such great and informative questions. If you're interested on being on a future episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide podcast, reach out to us on utfow.com. If you have someone in mind that you think would be a lovely guest, definitely reach out on utfow.com. And if you would love to be a sponsor, check us out, utfow.com. We would love to have you as a sponsor for the live online podcast. With that said, I hope you all are staying safe, healthy, and active. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace, love, and talk to you soon.